0: Oh, good morning everyone. It is it is so good to see so many of you here today. God bless you. And again, welcome to everybody on Zoom and uh, to everybody that is going to be uh, listening to this message in the future. So we are continuing our series, amen, on the Lord's Prayer. Hallelujah. Bless God. I trust that you are enjoying this series. Hallelujah. Good. That is wonderful. Okay. So, church, we are now going to be looking at this week forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So, let's stand and let's say the Lord's Prayer Amen. together, can we? Because we've been doing this yes. every week. And I really trust you know that as we do this, that every single week, what God has shown us, it brings it alive. Hallelujah. So let's say this together. So, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you. Please take your seats. So forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There's so much that you could actually say on this subject and it is so important as As Lucy has said already this morning, and Lucy doesn't know what I've written in here, and it's such a confirmation, Lucy, of what the Lord has given you. But forgiveness, you know, forgiveness is something we crave for from God, yet it's something we can withhold from others. And yet in the kingdom of God, you can't have one without the other, as we'll see this. So as Jesus was teaching his disciples, and as we have learnt already through these many weeks, so after praying our Father, knowing he is our Heavenly Father, and hallowing God and his name, amen, Amen. Amen. knowing God is holy, praying his kingdom come living holy lives that is within the boundaries of his kingdom, praying God's will be done, God's ways taking priority over our lives and wanting God's will and not our will. Mm. Knowing that God is our source, as we looked at last week, amen, and trusting him for all of our needs. We now come to then the part of the Lord's prayer that is crucial. I want you to listen to this carefully. It's crucial to our spiritual life our spiritual growth, and our eternal destination. I'm going to say that again. This part of the Lord's Prayer, it's crucial to our spiritual life, our spiritual growth, and ultimately, our eternal destination. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. So firstly, I want to look at, forgive us our trespasses. Do you know it's an absolute miracle that a holy God forgives sinful man? Amen. So if you've got your Bibles, can you put turn please to Psalm 103? We're going to look at a well-known Psalm today. And I'm going to read some of it. So we're going to start at verse 1. So Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, amen, Amen. Amen. who redeems your life from destruction, Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Oh, how good God is. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Amen. Amen. He He made known his way to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. And abounding in mercy. Yes. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, mm-hmm. nor punished us according for, to our iniquities. Aren't you glad about that? Yes. For as the heavens are as high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Oh, hallelujah. What a powerful psalm. Amen. As far as the east is from the west, That's how far he has removed our transgressions from us. Hallelujah. Now, you know, God doesn't forget our sin because if God was forgetful, he means he's not God. He's not perfect. But the big difference is God chooses to remember them no more. Because God is a perfect God. He's an almighty God. He's an all-knowing God. He's an all-holy God. And he wouldn't be perfect and he wouldn't be God if God was forgetful. I'd worry if God was forgetful because he could forget me. True. But God doesn't forget us. But he chooses to remember no more our sin. So when he forgives us, he wipes the slate clean. Oh, hallelujah. And God looks on us like it never happens. What a miracle that is, church. What a miracle that is. Listen to what it says here in Isaiah 55, 7. It says that God abundantly pardons. You know, God is not stingy. In his love and in his forgiveness and in his mercy. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Morning. We have so much and can be so thankful that our God is a good, good God. A loving heavenly Father. So loving and he's so good. He's perfect in all of his ways. Listen to what it says in Nehemiah 9.17. You might want to write some of these scriptures down because they're so good to go back on and just meditate on. It says, but you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow in anger and abounding in love. Hallelujah. God is abounding in salvation and forgiveness and healing and mercy and love and goodness. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Thank you, Lord. It says this in 1 John 1 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Not just some sin, not just what we consider to be little sins, but all sin all sin. Amen. Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ is all powerful. Hallelujah. As we've heard already, we are ransomed through his blood. We are redeemed by his blood. We are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light through his blood. We are transformed by his blood. We're set free by his blood. We are healed. We are delivered. We are made whole. And our God, sins, amen. though like scarlet, shall be white as snow, snow says yeah, the Lord. Yeah, oh, hallelujah. Snow, Thank yeah. you, Jesus. It's Your blood is so precious yes. and so powerful. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. And God. I want to tell you, church, the blood of Jesus Christ has never lost its power. Yeah. He will never lose its power. Yeah. And the devil cannot stop it. He cannot pollute it. No. And he cannot conquer no, 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 no. it. Amen. Hallelujah, church. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And like as Lucy said, the enemy hates the blood of Jesus. He knows how powerful it is Amen. to cleanse us and set us free and heal us. Yes. Amen. No wonder he hates it. Yes. No wonder he hates it. But you know, church, we have to learn as children of God to live in the forgiveness and the freedom Amen. that Jesus died to give us. Yeah. We have to do that. Listen, what it says in Romans 8.1. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Yes. Do you know one thing that the devil loves to do? He loves to throw our past in our faces. True. True. He does. Yes, true. Yes. Well, he doesn't know our future. So he can only throw the past at us. And he does. And he will do that. And you have to learn as a child of God to know who you are in Christ. You have to, church, because otherwise it will hinder what God wants to do in your life and through your life. Jesus Christ has paid the price for our sin. Mm -hmm. He accomplished it on the cross at Calvary when he said, it is finished. It is finished. Hallelujah. And I tell you, that curtain temple was torn into from top to bottom. Can you imagine those chief priests when they saw that? They must have finally realized, what have we done? He was the Son of God after all. Amen. They would have known the scriptures and they would have known that. But church, we have to live in the forgiveness and the freedom that Jesus paid the price for. Do not allow the enemy to keep throwing your past in your face. You have to know to stand on the word of God. And if you struggle in that area, what I suggest you do is you get some scriptures that relate to what that 1 John 1 7. You write it out. You stick it on a post-it note yeah. and you put it around your house where you'll Amen. keep seeing it and you confess it. Yeah. The devil will hate it. Yeah. True. Very true. But there's power in the word of word. God. Amen. Hallelujah. There is power in the word of God. Hallelujah. That's why God has given us his word. Amen. Amen. And that's what we have to learn to stand on. The enemy wants to hinder our present and wreck our destinies if he can, but he can't. Yeah. You know, there's a song that says, I've decided to follow oh, Jesus, Jesus. The Amen. cross before me, yes. the world no, behind yes. me. Yes. No turning back. Yes. No. Amen. No, no turning back. Your yes. past is under the blood of Jesus. Right. It is forgiven. Yes. He holds it not against you anymore. Why wow. do you hold yeah. it against yourself? That's right. Amen. Why do you hold it against yourself? Know who you are in Christ. Yes. We sing it. Yes. We sing it, but we don't live it. But Jesus wants us to live this why? Because he wants us to be a strong body of believers here. Amen. And we're going to be such a threat to the devil when we know the authority that we have in right. Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. We're not perfect. None of us are perfect. No. None of us will be perfect no. No. this side um, of glory. Mm. But we have a forgiving God. Mm. And God moves on us. Now I've got a great scripture here. And it's Psalm 32, verses 1 to 5. And I'm going to read this out to you. So, Psalm 32, 1 to 5. Now, this is a great scripture for anybody that feels guilty about their past, okay? I'm going to read it out. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man. You're blessed. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. Now listen to this, when I kept silent, in other words when I hadn't confessed my sin, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Now why is that? Because when we sin, the Holy Spirit convicts us. Yeah. He doesn't condemn us; the devil condemns yeah. us, but the Holy Spirit convicts us. Yeah. Now, why does He do that? Because God loves us, and He wants to make us like Jesus. Amen. Now, I don't know about anyone else here, but I tell you what: I soon know if the Holy Spirit is not happy with me. Yes, yeah, true, very yeah, really true. Yeah. yeah, I soon know. Yeah. My peace goes. Yeah. My joy goes. Yeah. And I just feel all disturbed, yes. and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, what have I done? What have I, you know? Mm-hmm. I have to put it right. And then the peace of God comes Again, back. Yes. Yeah? yeah? And that's why the Holy Spirit convicts us. Yes. But then it's look at what it says here. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. No. I said, I confessed my transgressions no. to the Lord, yeah. and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So God doesn't just forgive us of our actual sins. He forgives us of the guilt as well. Yes. Amen. You, he forgives us of the guilt as well. And you know what, church? Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself. True. <laughs> <Very> true. <laughs> and you always think, well, God can forgive them and forgive them and forgive them and forgive them. But he can't forgive me. Yeah. That's what we think. But like we said right at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, the God, God has no favourites. No. Amen. No. He has no favourites. He loves well. us all equally Amen. the Amen. same. Amen. Yeah. Equally yeah. the Amen. same. Yeah. And the blood of Jesus Christ was for every human being Amen. that's ever been born yeah. that is alive or, or is still to come. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. His blood is all sufficient, church. Yeah. We have to know that. Yeah. We have to know that. Do not allow the enemy to lie to you because he is a liar. He's a deceiver. And if he can get you living under condemnation, he's rubbing his hands and he's loving it. Because you will never reach your full destiny of what God has called you to be when you're constantly living under condemnation. And God has much for you. Amen. Amen. God said, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to prosper you. And plans to bless you and plans to give you a hope and plans to give you a future. Amen. 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 Do you know, we sang this morning, didn't we? We're not beggars anymore, we're royalty. (laughs) And we're not prisoners anymore, we're running free. We sang that. Let's live in that. Amen. Let's, Let's live in that. So let's move on now then to the second part of verse 12 of Matthew 6. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew 6. And we're now going to look at, As we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, let me find it in my Bible, Matthew 6. Now, in my Bible, in the NIV, it comes like verse 14 and verse 15. And the NIV states, as we also have forgiven our debtors. That's past tense. But I want us to look at verse 14 and verse 15 of Matthew 6 in a bit more detail. Because I've put here, it's not only crucial that we read it, we meditate on it and we know it, but that we actually obey it. So I've asked Nick, thank you so much, Nick, to bring this up. You know, if is such a little word, isn't it? But if always precedes a choice. i say that again. If always precedes a choice. And if you're making notes, I want you to write this down. In verse 14, you have a condition followed by a promise. Okay, in verse 14, it's a condition followed by a promise. In verse 15, it's a warning Followed by a fact. So I'm going to say that again. In verse 14, it's a condition followed by a promise. But in verse 15, it's a warning followed by a fact. So I'm going to apply it to me, to my life. The condition is, if I forgive men when they sin against me, that's the condition. If I forgive them, the promise is my heavenly father will also forgive me. I yeah. Love that bit. Yeah. True. Amen. But let's look at what verse 15 says. And there's a big but at the start of verse 15. <laughs> big but. But the warning is for me... If I do not forgive men their sins, the fact is my heavenly Father will not forgive my sins. Yes, amen. True. Wow. (laughs) Big breath. Ouch. Ouch indeed. Ouch indeed. And Jesus unfortunately didn't put a clause in there to say that certain sins were excluded. (laughs) Now it could be that you're here today, you're watching on Zoom or you're listening to this in the future and you may have suffered terrible unspeakable atrocities that have impacted your own life, your family's life, your neighbourhood, your country. And I do not and never would make light, make little or decry what you are going through or have been through. God alone knows the full picture. Amen. Amen. He sees everything, church. Nothing escapes his attention. But, you know, I'm sure that there's some Christians, if we're honest, that probably wish verse 15 wasn't there. But, But it is there. It it, it is there. And, you know, it says this in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Mm. So, church, we've got to learn to obey the bits we don't like as well as the bits we do. Yeah? Yeah? Now, forgiveness is an act of our will and not our feelings. But you see, we have to be willing to forgive. When we are willing to forgive, God will help us. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's one of these scriptures that, again, are easy to say and hard to do. And I also want to say that forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things. But we have to learn to forgive. And I want to share a a testimony that I heard that really challenged me and believe it will challenge you as well. There was um, a rich businessman and God called him into full-time work. He called him into the ministry. But this guy was very rich. And he was like, yeah, I will will serve you, but just not yet. You know, I want to make some more money first. But I, I, will, I will serve you, but just not yet. Anyway, this man, he had a heart attack and he died. Went up to heaven and saw God. And he actually asked God, he said, God, he said, if you'll send me back, he said, I, I promise you I'm going to sell my business and, and I'm going to go into full-time ministry for you. And God said, yeah, okay, I'm going to send you back. But I want to show you something first. And this Christian, he showed him in hell, he showed him this guy's mother-in-law. And he saw her and he said, God, he said, what is she doing there? And God said this, she refused to forgive a relative and therefore could not be forgiven. Which totally backs up verse 15. It's so serious, church. It's so serious. So I want to run through quickly seven things that happen to us spiritually when we refuse to forgive. And you know, a lot of it is it's our attitude, isn't it? Yeah, true. Well, I'm never going to forgive them you heard it? I'm never going to forgive them. That's it. Never, never, never. But what happens to us spiritually as Christians when we have that attitude that we're not prepared to forgive them? So again, if you're making notes, you might want to jot these down. Number one, you create a barrier between yourself and God when you refuse to forgive. Isaiah 59, I'll have a scripture for each one of these. Isaiah 59, 1-2 says this, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. Now we're the ones that create the barrier. We are. We're the ones that create the barrier. Because we can get very stubborn. I think we can all get stubborn if we have a mind to. But you see, your brokenness, if you're not careful, will turn to bitterness if you don't deal with it. And bitterness is horrid. And the Apostle Paul actually warns about not allowing a root of bitterness to grow in you and take root, because what happens is there, that, that root of bitterness will grow and, grow and grow and grow and spill out of you and ooze out of you like poison. Have you ever met somebody that's very bitter? It oozes out of them like poison. And that's what happens when you have brokenness that you refuse to deal with, it will turn to bitterness. And this is what it says in Ephesians 4.31. It says, get rid of all bitterness, <laughs> rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Yeah. Yeah. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. <laughs> yes, <and then>. yeah. <laughs> you see, how much do we want God to forgive us, oh, yeah. but zap the other person in judgment? Yeah. Well, you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know what they've said. If you knew, if only you knew. Yeah. Number two, you give the enemy a foothold in your life. Now, this is what it says in Ephesians 4, verses twenty six, twenty seven 27 in the Living Bible. If you are angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. don't let the sun go down with you still angry get over it quickly for when you are angry you give a mighty foothold to the devil (laughs) now I don't know about you I don't want the enemy to have an inch in my life let alone a mighty foothold you see when the devil gets a foothold in your life you'll very quickly try and turn it into a stronghold Let God be your stronghold. Don't let the enemy put you in one. Yeah, yeah. And a foothold, I actually looked at what a foothold is, and it's a secure initial position or advantage. And again, that's what happens. You see, the devil loves it if we've got unforgiveness in our lives. And he'll feed that as much as he possibly can with thoughts. you will wake up in the night thinking about it. First thing in the morning, you'll be thinking about it. Last thing at night, you'll be thinking about it. You'll be thinking about it in the day. It will suddenly come back to you. That's just how the devil works. We have to recognize how he works and stand on the word of God. I'm not saying these things are easy. I'm saying they're possible in Christ because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that means forgive. Amen. 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 Number three. Your peace and joy would disappear. <laughs> you can't have joy if you don't have peace and your peace will evaporate. Right. This is what it says in Isaiah forty-eight eighteen. This is God speaking. If only you'd paid attention to my commands, and forgiveness is a command, your peace would be like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Oh, can't you just hear God yeah. saying that? If only you'd listen to me, yeah. if yeah. only you'd obeyed yeah. me yeah. and do what I tell you to yeah. do, yeah. your peace is going to be like an absolute yeah. river Amen. flowing through your yeah. life and your righteousness is going to be like waves of the sea and people wow. will see wow. that you belong to Jesus. Yes. Amen. Because your faith will radiate with his glory. Yeah. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen? No wonder the enemy wants to keep us yes. in, in unforgiveness. It's true. It is true. Listen to this Psalm 119:165 says, "Great peace have they that love your law, and nothing can make them stumble." So we see when we love what God says, we're going to be firm-footed. Yes. Isaiah twenty-six three, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Hallelujah. Number four, your prayers won't work. Oof. Your prayers won't work. Listen to what it says in Psalm 66, 18. If I cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You see, sometimes we deliberately hold on to things, don't we? We hold on to things. And God says, you've got to let it go. Yeah. Let, it go let, let it go. And it's not, it's not easy. I know it's not easy. A lot of what God asks us to do isn't easy. Mm. But we can do it through Christ. Yeah. Amen. 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 Number five, it will keep you from your destiny. You nullify the power of God in your life when you purposely withhold forgiveness. Mm. Well, Ethel, you don't know what they did to me. (laughs) If only you knew Ethel, you'd know exactly how I feel. Yeah? Yeah? You see, if your relationship with God is out of order, so will be your relationship with others. Yes, true. We end up starting to be very grouchy, very moody very miserable. Yeah. True. It is true. Yeah. Why? Because our, our vertical relationship with God is out of order and there's that barrier there and we're not going to be happy and it's like we don't like it how we are but we won't deal with it because yeah. we feel justified sometimes in how we feel. We feel justified, but you see it says in Proverbs fourteen twelve, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to death. Well, I'm justified in how I feel like this because you just don't understand what they did and what they said and how this has affected me. And I've been living with this for years. Number six, your heart towards God will harden. Hebrews 3 verse 12 says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Wow. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So if we harbour it, it makes us hard-hearted. And God forbid as a church that any of us will be hard hearted you know you can even become bitter towards God doesn't always have to be other people you can be bitter towards God I heard of a man who tragically lost his son and he was so angry and that's understandable but one day he turns his fist up to God he said God he said where were you when my son died and God turned around to him and said, he said, the same place I was when mine died. And number seven, you may end up sick or even die prematurely. And Lucy covered that so well, didn't she, this morning in leading us into communion. And that's 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 32. If we take communion in an unworthy manner, if we knowingly have got sin in our lives and we're refusing to deal with it, it says we are guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. How serious is that? We bring judgment on ourselves, it says. We're the one that spring judgment on ourselves. And that's why the scripture says, that's why many are weak and sick and a number have fallen asleep. That means that they die. Why? That's why we search our hearts before taking communion. Because when we take communion in a worthy manner, then there's healing and there's wholeness. I've known people get healed when they've taken communion. So you see the difference? What extremes. To go from healing and wholeness when we take it in a worthy manner to bringing judgment on ourselves. That's how serious it is. Why? Because God is an all-consuming fire. Amen. He's holy. Amen. Amen. So I want us, before we finish, to have a look at a parable. In, so can you turn please to Matthew 18? Before we finish, we're nearly through. But I want us to have a look at this. Because this is the parable of the unmerciful servant. So this is Jesus speaking so it's really you know again like I always say we need to take so much note when Jesus himself is speaking to us. So if we take it from verse 21 Peter came to Jesus and said Lord how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. See that was the Jewish custom. I'm sure Peter was probably think Jesus was going to tap him on his shoulder and go oh well done Peter. Absolutely yeah seven times that's, that's really good. But Jesus answered, he said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And then he he said this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owned him 10,000 talents. In today's money, that would be millions and millions and millions of pounds. He had an unpayable debt. And he was bought to his master. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children, all that he had, be sold to repay the debt. Oh my goodness, this guy was going to lose absolutely everything dear to him. Everything. His wife, his children, his home, everything, because he had an unpayable debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. This is what he said. He said, be patient with me. He begged. He begged. He begged. Be patient with me. I will pay you back everything. So the servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. Does that remind you of anyone? Does that remind you of anyone? But let's see what happened next. But then that servant just been forgiven, that whole debt, unpayable debt was wiped out wiped out. You'd have thought he'd have gone out there dancing, singing, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have thought he would have done that? I would have thought he'd have done that. So should we see what actually happened? But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 denarii. Now that was about a year's wage. So it wasn't a few it's a sizable debt I've got to be honest I wouldn't be very happy if somebody stole a year's wages it was a sizable debt but nothing like the first debt he grabbed him and he began to choke him pay back what you owe me pay it back I demand it That's how he was. That his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him. So he also begged. And listen to what he said. Be patient with me and I will pay you back. He said exactly the same as the first servant. Exactly the same, he said. Exactly the same. Be patient with me. I beg you. I'll I'll pay it back. But what did the first servant? He refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison till he could repay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, I bet they were. And they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, You wicked! Servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Now listen to this church in verse 35 this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your yeah. brother from the heart yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. what a powerful scripture that is yes. this is how your heavenly father will treat mm-hmm. you unless you forgive your brother from the heart oh my goodness me mm-hmm. oh my goodness me mm-hmm. It's in there. It's in black and white. It's not a vague scripture. It's as clear as day, church. We have to forgive. Our eternal destination hangs on it. I want to close by just sharing another story. And again, this one so challenged me. And this was a pastor and he had a son and his son was killed in a hit and run I can't imagine what he was feeling but they found the driver and he was in court and he saw this man across the court And God spoke to him and he said, you've got to forgive that man. And he said to the Lord, he said, how can I forgive him? He killed my son. And God replied, you killed mine.